Welcome back to Investing Experts. My name is Rena Sherbel. I'm excited to bring you my conversation today with Victor Durganov, who runs the investing group, The Financial Profit, here on Seeking Alpha. He's been writing for Seeking Alpha for quite a long time, and he's been serving up really high quality analysis, no lie. So I'm happy to bring you this conversation. We get into Tesla, we get into Netflix, we get into earnings, we get into financials, we get into the tech sector, we get into the broader market, we get into the Fed and inflation cooling and how that may or may not affect companies and the stock market and how we as investors should be thinking about all those things And this is one of the conversations that we are happy to bring to you that we think is really high quality investing analysis. We hope you feel the same, but let us know what you think. What do you want to hear more of? What stocks do you want covered? Who do you want to hear from? We would love to hear from you. And if you are enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review. It keeps the lights on, it keeps the cords plugged in, and it keeps us all happy. So appreciate any feedback or reviews, ratings, any articles discussed today. You can find links to them on our show notes. And all episodes have transcripts available on Seeking Alpha. And for those wanting to follow breaking news and general news coverage of the markets, come listen with us at Wall Street Breakfast. We have morning episodes released before 7 a.m. Eastern and afternoon episodes released around 12 noon Eastern. We've got Wall Street Breakfast and Wall Street Lunch for all your market news needs. In the meantime, hope you enjoy today's conversation with Victor. Victor Durganov, who runs the investing group, The Financial Profit on Seeking Alpha, and has written many important analysis articles on our site. Welcome to Investing Experts. Welcome back. Ah, Very nice to be here. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. We stole you from a James Ford Pragmatic Investor episode, but this is officially your first official sit down with us. So I appreciate you joining us. And I feel like um, well, I don't feel like I know that your that episode that you were talking about Palantir and earnings uh, got a lot of love from a lot of people, and I bet a lot of people are excited to hear you talking about the markets and stocks. So it's July seventeenth. We're both uh, far away from America, but focused on the American markets. What are you looking at in the American markets? What are you focused on, and, and what are you paying most attention to right now? Yes. Uh, so first. Uh... First thing about uh, about Palantir, and yes, that was uh, you know what I discussed with James Ford. That was uh, excellent, and then of course we saw the the massive move in in the share price about a hundred percent in just uh, in just a month or so. So Palantir massive move, but I'm still a bull. I, you know, I still have my position, and I think uh, the company has uh, a lot a lot more upside potential despite a probable phase of uh, consolidation, possibly even a pullback from here. But long term, it's uh, it's a winner in my view. Um, also about the markets, it's it's interesting you say that, you know, we're, we're far, far from America, but we're discussing American markets. And to me, it's like, no matter where you are in the world, uh, you know, America is is the market because, you know, we have the best uh, tech companies in the world. And uh, basically, we, we just have the best companies in, in the world. And that's what makes America such a dynamic place, such a dynamic market. And um yeah, it's definitely uh, the best stock market in the world for sure. So, um, what I'm looking for, oh, so many things to uh, to cover and discuss. But you know, let's start with the uh, with the amazing returns this year. Nasdaq shooting up by uh, 
like 35% year to date. Um, just uh, great, great results in many top companies. And so, and, you know, a lot of people are rightfully asking how much, uh, you know, how much, uh, how much uh, do we have left for the, for the second half of the year? You know, are we going to, are we going to have a, a correction, you know, a, a crash? Are we going to, you know, is there more upside potential in tech stocks? Um, so uh, the way I view the uh, the overall tech theme here is that, yes, we've come, uh, we've come up a long way. We've, we've really, uh, you know, we've uh, appreciated quite a bit from the lows, but we have to put things in, in, in perspective. Uh, you know, the stock market was so oversold and especially uh, quality tech companies like Tesla at 100 or, you know, NVIDIA close to 100, AMD around 50, uh, Palantir at, at $6. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, so, so many of the uh, amazing uh, tech companies that have so much growth potential and, you know, they're, you know, they're absolutely unique and they got just sold down to absurdly low levels. So, of course, it's natural that we see a, a significant recovery here and now we can probably go through a bit of a consolidation phase in many names so maybe we have a little uh a little period of uh of sideways action maybe some pullbacks and we've already seen some 20 percent 30 percent pullbacks in many of the of the stocks that have uh skyrocketed recently like palantir and you know many other names tesla had a had a big correction so uh my view is that we need to we need to continue buying high quality companies on on pullbacks here so we, if we see if we get if we get the opportunity a nice pullback in a in a quality stock twenty to thirty percent, you know I I think uh, it's it's a good time to uh, to pull the trigger on many names, and we should continue seeing uh, more upside in the second half. I think I think we have a uh, we have the potential for uh, for a growth recovery. We have the potential for a consumer spending recovery. We have the potential for uh, for. Uh, or an earnings recovery, basically, and you know, in the second half of this year, in the first half of uh, of 2024, and then we also have the Fed that's going to probably uh, pivot on monetary policy soon, and that should be another catalyst for uh, for more upside and you know, in high quality stocks. I was going to ask how you define a high quality stock, but considering you just brought up the Fed, maybe I'll pick at that first. What What no. are your thoughts on the upcoming Fed meeting? Okay. Um, yeah, I really want to answer the question on the high quality stocks, but all right, let's I'll switch let's, it around. Let's... You, you, are, you take the lead. <laughs> okay, no problem. So uh, high quality stocks. Um, so basically, um, when I refer to a high quality company, uh, it's going to be a company with, uh, with significant growth potential. It's going to be a company that is a market leading company in its segment. It's it, it, it has to be a company that has um, that already either has uh, uh, significant significant profits or has substantial profitability potential. So um, this this is basically these are some of the pillars that you know that I look for. Uh, market leader, preferably a, a monopolistic style company, preferably a company that is maybe operating in a in sort of a blue ocean atmosphere. Um, something like you know like a Palantir, like uh, you know. Or a monopolistic style company, for example, even like uh, you know, like Facebook or Meta, as it's called now. So uh, Google is another example. Amazon. I mean, it's a it's a pretty extensive list list of companies that are that are high quality companies that really got under you know they got a 
they got sold off to extremely low levels in the uh, in, in in the tech sell-off and um basically a lot of these stocks have a lot of these stocks still have substantial growth potential and you know they have a they have the a strong probability to continue to uh uh gain market share like you know tesla is another company that uh, i'm very keen on so um yeah that's basically the the recipe for a high quality company in, a, in my view something that that's going to do really well in in the future and we can kind of or i can kind of see see the potential in that you know i can uh, almost almost touch it and we know that uh that in the future it's gonna it's gonna perform really well or there's a high probability that the company's going to perform really well going to outperform the market and it's uh and its competitors i'm going to interrupt the you again before you get to the fed with just a, a quick follow-up just because we we've had uh this bull bear debate about tesla uh, on the show and you're uh you know a longtime analyst covering the stock what would you say in a word is your not in a word but in in a few lines what's your thesis on uh tesla my thesis on tesla uh so that that's like why are you yeah that's that's an interesting question um you know in 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 one word i would say that uh i'm a believer in tesla and i have been a believer in tesla for 10 years now you know in 2013 that's when i started uh, i mean uh, that that's when i first started investing in in the stock i mean if you if we adjust that you know for uh if we adjust, if we split adjusted, I mean, it's at something like 20, 20 to thirty dollar range. So it's appreciated uh, about tenfold since uh, s since the time when I started investing in it. Uh, my first article on Tesla for Seeking Alpha was in two thousand seventeen, and and interestingly enough, it was called um, Tesla. I, I think it was called. I think it was it was called. Will Tesla become a trillion dollar company? But the thesis of the article was that it would become a trillion dollar company relative, you know, within the next five to 10 years, I said, and this was back in 2017. Um, that was my first Tesla article. Um, and it became a trillion dollar company much, much faster than even I an anticipated. So um, yes, I'm a long-term bull. I'm a long-term belie believer in the company. I'm a long-term believer in, in the company CEO. So, and I've never kind of uh, wavered uh, away from that position. I've always been, uh, you know, always been bullish on it. And that's because I've always seen, seen and felt the potential in the company. Uh, I, I, uh, I recognized that, uh, that the EV segment was extremely small when, when Tesla first, uh, you know, got involved. And uh, I saw the, the enormous potential in the EV segment. And then I also saw the company's uh, unique approach to, um, producing vehicles and you know not not implementing traditional advertising and just doing things uh, differently much more efficiently than uh you know than the traditional automakers and uh you know it was a it was apparent to me in the initial stages that that the company in the initial stages of their ramp up product uh, processed for the model 3 that the company just needed time to um you know to get everything in, in order and then it would become extremely profitable and that, you know that remained my my thesis kind of uh, throughout uh, my whole my whole uh, investment history with uh, with Tesla. And now, um, you know, we're we're seeing the company it's going to sell about around two million vehicles uh, this year, which is uh, which is a pretty significant number considering that it was, you know, that it uh, it wasn't selling anything ten years ago. So it's 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 quite uh, quite remarkable the um, um, <clears throat> the potential that Tesla 
uh, has and the ability to uh, just to do amazing things. Um, and and it's, it's illustrated that it can do that. And it's got exciting products like... Uh, like the Tesla Semi, that's uh, you know that's that's gonna contribute about 13 billion to to annual sales soon, or should um, the Cybertruck that's coming out soon? That's also very exciting, and you know that's that's that should contribute another maybe eight to ten billion in revenues in a in in a, in a couple or a, few, or a few years. So we're seeing this uh, this this uh, just a continued um tenacity for for growing revenues at tesla that i've never seen with any company ever i think tesla may be the the fastest company the quickest company ever to get to 100 billion dollars i haven't looked this stat up but it's just in my mind that it just makes sense that tesla is is is, is maybe the the first company to reach 100 billion dollars in sales uh you know in, in in such a short period as as it has so that's quite amazing and then we have you know the the catalysts uh the, the long-term catalysts like the uh you know the driverless taxi uh segment you know some are predicting it's going to be worth like you know just 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 multi trillions of dollars in 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 10 years and tesla should have a good market share uh, of that you know robotics ai people you know they don't look at tesla as as an ai as an ai company but you know and kathy wood has has said this that tesla is is the biggest ai play out there and and i believe this this to be true Tesla is is an amazing AI company. You know they've demonstrated this with their with their technology, their you know their self driving technology, and and all of their you know just all of their technologies that they incorporate with their vehicles, and and how you know works so seamlessly with the, with their software, and and just uh, how everything seems to connect really well with tesla and, and it's just not something that we see with with other automakers or traditional automakers or other startup automakers like you know i was uh i own lucid also but you know uh some shares in lucid but i'll tell you it's it's no tesla so um <laughs> tesla is a very unique company and it, it should have uh quite a bit of growth uh, long term and are you first of all thank you for sharing that that was a, a really nice uh take are you dissuaded at all by them opening up their chargers or yeah. what's happening with you know i mean i know that yeah no i think that's great i think i think that's just that's just the natural evolution of the uh of the of the industry and and, and since tesla is such a is such a clear uh, leader and such a clear um you know, it has such an such a such a huge lead over over its competitors, and in the um, you know, in in the pure uh, in the pure EV segment, that it's only natural for them to you know to have uh, this uh, this super supercharging network that you know that they can connect other automakers to you know and kind of help them elevate their you know their stance in the in the ev world also it's uh, it's kind of like uh, like giving back to the community you know and tesla does this to to like to the broader you know auto you know auto community and and basically to the world because it makes the world a better place it makes it a cleaner place it makes you know uh less less ice it's it's less ice vehicles it's it's better for the planet and and we're seeing that that trend growing and 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 now tesla is even um um basically making making this trend even even stronger by uh strengthening the trend by by opening the uh its supercharger network to to the world basically it's raising up the sector which behooves tesla and then also tesla has other 
really strong irons in the fire at this point that it can rely on in terms moving forward. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. Lay on us what, what you think about the Fed, what, what you think is, is going to be happening kind of maybe near term and maybe post near term. Okay. Yeah. So the, the Fed. We're switching gears quickly. We're switching gears. Quickly. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. That's what, that's what we should be doing. Um, I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't see, I don't see that much, uh, you know, that much going on. I mean, we know that it's going to be at a 25 basis point in, increase, and you know, in, in, in nine days next, next Wednesday. Um, that's about, you know, the probabilities of that are like 96% I'm looking now. That's according to the, to this, to the, uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange Group. Um, so there's there's a you know a very high probability that we're going to see a 25% basis point increase that's already priced into the market in my view um should that should not be a surprise to anyone um and you know another another 25 basis point move <clears throat> here it's it's not really going to make a, a dramatic difference at all i, I think so uh, what i'm looking for though is is um is a is the statement and i want to you know we we saw the inflation numbers come in come down uh the, the the cpi reading was actually very very favorable the the last one it was well below the estimate and you know that should um open up the door to to a bit of a of an easier monetary uh stance from the fed i think S especially down the line they can probably hint to uh to to some kind of uh you know, a, a stopping of the uh, of the rate increase cycle, and and perhaps we we could start seeing the light at the, at the end of the tunnel soon, where where the Fed is going to begin, uh, um, uh, begin uh, probably uh, de decreasing rates, maybe early next year, or you know, may, maybe I think uh, by by mid next year, I'm pretty sure we we're going to see uh, um, <clears throat> lower interest rates than uh, than now. And um, you know we can we can we can kind of confirm confirm this uh, um, this probability by looking at the uh, at the CME uh, group's uh, FedWatch tool again, and and uh, we do see that uh, that that we will probably see lower interest rates in in uh, next year in 2024. So that's uh, that's positive for stocks, and that should be that should be positive for risk assets in uh, in general. Uh, the big question is: w Will we see some kind of uh, some kind of uh, more significant downturn in in the market before the Fed kind of uh, um, solidifies its its position on a on an easier monetary stance? And um, uh, I think we we need to uh, we need to wait and see a little bit because uh, uh, we have seen a significant run up in stocks, but you know that doesn't mean that that we're going to see a, a major sell off. We may just see another another pullback in a little bit like we we saw a nice little pullback recently of about five percent in the nasdaq and that you know that brought some some high quality stocks down by uh 15 20 so we had some some nice uh, buying opportunities there and that may be the theme um from here if the fed kind of levels out here we we may just see like a bit of a sideways uh to a slightly upward market in the next uh in the next maybe several months but we should see some buying opportunities uh, arise in this time. Frame. How does this affect, you know, this thought process towards, you know, higher interest rates at some point in 2024 and a really bleak picture 
currently and, and for the past, you know, period of time, let's say at least, you know, 12 months, probably longer, um, macro, speaking macro-wise, how are companies navigating this when it comes to earnings and, and forward guidance? And how are they projecting um, the future of their companies in terms of looking at, at the macro picture? So I think it's, uh, I think it's, um, it's kind of company specific in, in many cases, but, you know, it, overall, we've seen the, the significant turndown. We've seen, you know, we've seen the, uh, the earnings declines. We've seen, um, you know, the, the slowdown in, uh, in, in ad spending and, and things of that nature. So, We've seen the 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 big the big stock uh, the big stock declines, so um, uh, I think uh, I think I think a lot of the much of the uh, of the worst is 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 probably behind us now, and and companies I think most companies uh, recognize this, and I I also think that you know we we need to look at the overall uh, inflation image and 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 major com- and most companies also obviously look at the, at at these factors as well and inflation has been uh, has come down significantly so from about 9% to to around 4% in the CPI over over the last year so the fed has the fed has done a, a fantastic job in um in uh moderating an inflation much better than than I had anticipated, and um, I think they've done a, a fantastic job, and that's and that's primarily the reason why we didn't we didn't see, I guess, more of a uh, more of a significant bear market. The question is, will we continue to see the Fed doing a, a fantastic job? Will will we see the the soft landing? Can we avoid a significant slowdown? Because we know we know that we've been in a slowdown. It can continue, but you know the the question at the end of the day remains: how deep uh, how deep can it get? How deep can the slowdown get? How deep can the recession get? Um, so that's something that we don't know for a hundred. You know, we don't know one hundred percent exactly how deep uh, it will get. But you know, most signs they point to um that it's not that bad it's 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 getting better it's you know it's improving inflation is moderating has moderated will continue to uh, to improve and should get to a level where the fed can uh where the fed can can begin implementing a more a more accommodative uh monetary stance uh and that would be even more beneficial for corporate america and i think that most companies are are considering this scenario and they're seriously considering this and they are planning for the future uh on how to capitalize on uh, on future opportunities where to invest capital what to invest in how to best uh, optimize their ai platforms and things of that nature basically um because again america has you know the best the most innovative companies in the world and um they're extremely efficient you know just uh remarkable amazing just some of just some of these uh, earnings results that are coming in now from uh you know from the big banks and 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 we had pepsi we had pepsi uh, pepsi report and united health report you know just just uh, just last week 
and they were just they were just amazing amazing results and i think this is a prelude to a to a great um a much better than expected uh, earnings season that we should have now and i think that's you know that that just goes to show how uh, how innovative and how how efficient you know american companies can uh, can be at the end of the day and that should really uh, that should really uh, you know uh, serve serve uh, most many companies well in the future do you feel that you know there's talk of the inflation cooling for not um stable reasons let's say or not reasons that we can bank on and 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 uh continue to to um rely on and to your point that a recession could still be lurking even though you don't it doesn't sound like you foresee that as a strong possibility the possibility remains what are you looking at as signs that um might happen in terms of the economy uh, or from the Fed that you're like, uh oh, now, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit more nervous. And in terms of your point about, you know, that it can be stock specific or maybe even sector specific in terms of planning for these macro, macro factors, um, how much of, you know, these strong earnings that are coming in are stock specific and how much are a reflection of maybe the macro picture didn't get as bad as we thought it, it, it was going to? Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll kind of start start from the from what I can remember. So <laughs> because the, peel it back for yeah, us, yeah, Victor. Yeah, yeah. Peel it back. I gave you a lot. Yeah, I threw yeah. it a lot at you. So um, as far as 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 the company earnings, uh, yes, I think I think that there's a there is a, quite a bit of relief uh, in regards to the uh, the economic downturn uh, not not being as uh, as deep or as uh, as prolonged as 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 many had forecasted or or envisioned so it, it I, th I think there's there's relief on that front and, and we see that through you know through through the better than expected earnings and and we see the the rebound in earnings in many companies just just some some examples like like nvidia they just you know they gave the most amazing guidance i ever saw it was like instead of uh seven billion it was it was 11 billion for it was for for left for q2 guidance and that that's just that's just remarkable and i'm using them as 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 an example, but other companies also um, uh, reported better than expected guidance, and 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 that um that illustrates uh, that really the downturn was was not as as significant as uh, as some had feared. So so that's a good thing, and and we should you know we'd like to see a continuation of that uh, of that trend, and then improvement back to back to growth, of course. Um, <clears throat> now uh as as far as as the recession i mean that that's a good question and and i'm always concerned about a possible slowdown and you know a, a, a more significant slowdown but we have to we have to put things in 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 perspective uh in the regard that uh <clears throat> it's a very recession is it's a very murky term and um and now uh especially now that there's so much uh, i guess government involvement in in the in the engineering of the numbers um the gdp numbers that really um traditionally i guess speaking we 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 would have already been in a recession and we would have already kind of we'd be on the cusp of probably getting out of a recession around now unless unless we were looking at a double dip uh scenario so um due to increased uh government spending um 
incidentally or or not we i guess avoided a uh, a textbook recession but but in reality you know we we saw an earnings recession so we basically already went through a recession or or or, or we or we are in a in a in a shallow recession now and that's fine uh, because it's it's an, it's a normal economic process there's there's no problem there um j just as long as we don't we don't have systemic damage or uh, extreme panic like you know like we 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 saw in some instances you know like after the financial crisis or during it of 2008 um so we don't have we don't seem to have any anything that you know that signals um da uh, clear and present danger as we saw back uh, back in those days so um that's that's a really good thing now as as far as uh as looking for uh, for troubling signs i uh, uh the main thing here i believe is 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 the labor market because um that's you know that sometimes is like the last domino to fall and and if it falls hard it could have it could have a significant effect on uh, on consumer spending and the overall economy so that's uh, that's something that's probably the most important indicator now it's been coming better than expected uh, in, in recent months, and, and that's good. But that's the one that we need to watch uh, for any significant changes. Because if we start seeing negative, uh, negative non-farm payrolls numbers, that's that's going to be very negative for the for the stock market. So we, we want to avoid the labor market dipping into negative territory. That's that's number one. And then of course inflation is very important, and when we see a very good trend uh, in the right direction. And we want to continue seeing that, but but we don't want to see, you know, we we certainly don't want to see anything resembling deflation because that would be extremely negative for uh, for risk assets. So we definitely want want to avoid that, and um, you know, preferably we can get down close to the to the two percent range, and if we don't get to the two percent range, that's fine. We can, uh, I believe, the Fed will uh, um, will become accustomed to. Uh, to higher inflation maybe three maybe in the three maybe around three percent possibly a little bit higher maybe 3.5 percent and perhaps um that could be considered um a relatively normal uh, rate of inflation in the future and um you know it's this this may be a uh, not a conflicting view but a uh, possibly a contrarian view possibly a view that that some people may uh May, may oppose but i can say that that uh the fed and the government you know they have different ways of measuring inflation and um and there's always room to maybe tweak the numbers a little bit and it's also possible that that the economy could uh could function could function relatively well at a slightly higher uh normal rate of inflation it doesn't have to be two percent in my view i th i think that's too much of a uh of an outdated approach i think that you know, sticking to a two two percent target rate at all times may not be the best policy. I think that it needs to be more of a floating rate. And in some instances, I think it's fine to have a, th a three percent, you know, maybe even slightly higher inflation. And twenty twenty four, maybe twenty twenty five, maybe the years that uh, that the Fed maybe, um, you know maybe changes their stance a little bit to possibly a bit of a floating rate or maybe, maybe something like that you know that's what i think talking about tech for a second you mentioned nvidia's outstanding guidance and we've seen a lot of outstanding performance from nvidia and some other tech names and 
there's been uh, some complaints to that regard in terms of the index construction and the markets. Do you have an opinion or, or thoughts about that? I could see how that uh, how um, how that could raise some controversy, and that's actually the word that I was looking for: controversial view on uh, on inflation. Yeah, I could I could see how um, I could see how how that could raise uh, some some controversy. The uh, the the huge weight of uh, of the mega cap names. I think uh, like the like the eight biggest tech companies account for something like forty percent of the Nasdaq one hundred or close 30 to 40 percent and probably about you know around 25 to 30 percent of the s p 500 which is which is pretty massive um so obviously the you know big moves in these in these mega cap tech names will uh will, will influence the uh you know the the major averages uh significantly but i, I can't see that that i have a major problem I, I don't have a major problem with that because uh because tech is such an innovative and such a forward uh moving sector and it's and it's it's in my view it's so much more important than uh than many of the of of the other segments and um you know technology kind of i don't want to say that it rules the world but it kind of um it kind of enables all the other all the other parts of the economy and, and sectors to to function properly so so technology is 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 certainly the most uh the most important segment by far so i i don't i don't think it's a big deal that you know that the big technology companies account for the for the significant weight in the major indexes i think that's uh that's normal it's fine and so how are how are you thinking about the the tech sector how are you thinking about ai and you know talk of hype and what companies are you i guess focused on and what would you encourage investors to to focus on and and to be aware of in that sector um so definitely we we've seen some uh some hype in the uh in the ai segment um but i think we're we're very early in the uh in the in the ai revolution maybe in like the second inning or something so uh we still have a long way to go and um it's it's going to be a huge market a massive market and um i think uh many of the high quality companies that are excelling in ai now and have uh, have the best ai programs ai platforms have the most ai potential and should and should reap the benefits as we move on and they, and and many of these companies should do extremely well in the future and just just several of my favorites that i have uh in you know in my portfolio include uh include palantir um tesla uh amd of course uh google and amazon have uh have some ai potential um also uh i don't own it now but i i like uh you know the AI potential that that meta has on facebook meta um i think these companies are, are very well positioned to uh capitalize in the future also um uh baidu a chinese company um that i uh that I'm keen on has uh, also has um, uh, a lot of AI potential, and um, th there are a lot of companies that have that have promising uh, AI programs. Of course, like Nvidia has a has an excellent future in AI, and it should, you know, it could propel them to be to be, you know, even a lot more profitable in the future. So that's that's what we're looking at here. Some of the companies that really do 
do a lot of the uh, the heavy lifting like you know like nvidia and amd and other chip stocks that are chip companies that are involved in ai these are the ones that are going to be you know kind of uh putting in putting in putting in a lot of the legwork you know with their processors um so these are these are the companies that uh, that should do really really well in the future because ai uh you know it's it, it looks it looks extremely promising something that's that's going to generate just billions and billions and then trillions of, of revenues and profits in the future do you feel like there are obvious companies that are getting swept up in the in the froth and the hype that you would be like absolutely no way would i have that in my portfolio i uh i i, I try to stay away from such companies so i don't i don't do a lot i don't do a lot of research into them but um but we we've certainly seen um we we've seen uh, uh some froth in uh, in in high quality companies uh, with the with the um you know with the introduction of a uh, of um not the introduction but with the i guess the renewed interest in in ai um so a prime example would probably be uh nvidia as we saw it skyrocket from like 300 to to more than 400 a share so it's got a, it has a market cap of over of well over a trillion dollars and it it trades at like uh at like a 30 30 i think it's like 35 times sales or something so i mean it's it's very expensive uh there's 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 no way around it you know nvidia is very expensive if you're if you're uh valuing it from from a more traditional standpoint you know in a price to sales or a price to earnings ratio other companies like you know even like amd looks may look expensive here palantir's is it's it's also not not cheap anymore it was cheap when it was six or seven dollars now that it's now that it's 16 15 or 16 it's not you know i can't say that it's cheap it's uh um you know is it is it fairly pricier it's it's hard to say is it expensive it looks expensive by traditional metrics but um you know at, at the end of the day we're not these companies uh they're not valued uh um you know um, as as a as a traditional company would be valued on a you know on this year's uh, earnings or or trailing earnings you know we're trying to value these companies relative to their uh, earning to their revenue growth and profit profitability potential you know in in the future like uh 2025 and uh and we're trying and then we try to look to look out further because that's really what matters that's what counts it doesn't matter what the company earned last year well it matters but not that much what it earned, especially if we talk about you know some kind of futuristic uh, 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 a futuristic uh, i guess market you can you, you can say ai is a futuristic market because in the future it's going to be it's going to be worth uh, a lot more than it's worth now so um basically we want to project uh, their growth and earnings into the future and once we do that we can uh we can tell that these companies may not be as expensive as they seem so again we want to own these long term the high quality uh ai oriented uh companies that are that are market leading companies now because they will probably continue to lead um in in their segments and incorporating that with ai they could even increase their lead over their competitors and you know capitalize even more in the future 
uh, gain more market share, become more profitable, all thanks to AI. And there are a lot of a lot of uh, excellent companies um, that are doing great things now, and they should you know continue to do amazing things. And they're going to be worth uh, more and more in the future, in my view, because again, they're going to they're going to they're going to be continued uh, to be valued um, relative to their future growth and profit profitability potential. Like in 2025, you know, people are going to be looking out to 2028 or 2030. So we have to keep that in mind uh, when we're investing in in anything. We don't want to invest in anything that's going to be stale and boring in the future. Um, in contrast, we want to invest in in something that's going to be growing. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be profitable. It's going to, you know, the whole world is going to be watching it or using it. So we want to invest in, in companies like Tesla, Netflix, um, you know, Google, Meta, and um, NVIDIA, AMD. We just, uh, we just don't want to buy them when they're too expensive. We want to own them we want to buy them at, at 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 good price levels and we want to own them in the long term and we also want to find new companies that are going to uh going to going to do really well in this in this ai arena and in other segments of course and um we want to own these companies too and you know that's how we make that's how we do best yes when news comes out like china putting restrictions on some of the chip companies does that does that put you back at the drawing board in terms of uh, working out guidance for the coming years, or is that stuff that you figured in because, as you said, it's a burgeoning industry that you know we're watching grow? It's something that's uh, that's a little concerning. It's something that that we need to keep an eye on. It's something that that could impact uh, future sales and and, and growth um, and pro and profitability. But you know, on on the other side of the equation, we we also need to consider that uh, that there's plenty of growth outside. You know, um, um, regardless of China, there's there's plenty of growth. Um, another factor to consider is that any any Chinese imposed sanctions could be uh, you know transitory, temporary, short lived, whatever. So there's you know I there's no guarantee that the, that they're going to be long lasting. Uh, another factor we need to consider is that China has its own companies that, you know, that have a significant AI potential and we can invest in those like, you know, in Baidu, whether we do that, you know, in, in, in ADRs on the New York Stock Exchange or whether we do that or the, or the NASDAQ or, or whether we do that, um, you know, by owning these stocks on the Hong Kong uh, Stock Exchange, it doesn't matter, but we can, you know, we can get exposure to the best in China as well. And and at the end of the day, you know, it's it, it's about having the best companies in your portfolio that are going to, um, you know, that are their stock price is going to appreciate uh, the most. And I don't think uh, it really matters that much if China imposes sanctions or not. You know, it's a it's a transitory factor that you know it doesn't really impact my investment strategy to, too much. But I do, you know, I do consider it. You also mentioned Netflix just now, and I know that they're reporting earnings this week. Then maybe your thoughts on streaming and content and what is, you know, speaking of AI, uh, you know, I think that's a great bridge to what's happening in, in the entertainment industry. Absolutely. So that's an excellent question about Netflix. And 
Um, I, I love the company. I've uh, I've been a Netflix user since uh, since two thousand and uh, maybe seven, so uh, a very long time, even even before they had a streaming platform. Because uh, I, I remember just the DVDs. DVDs in the mail. <laughs> yeah, DVDs in the mail. So I mean, that was innovative, and, and that was really cool. And I also remember when Blockbuster, when when they were in trouble, and Blockbuster passed on buying them for like something very very silly. And then Blockbuster uh, went bankrupt, so I remember that whole saga. And then I, I started owning Netflix shares. I think back in maybe 2011, I started I started investing in Netflix, and um, that's been one of one of my best uh, best investments ever, um, because the shares have have done extremely well, of course. And Netflix, it became when when it started doing streaming and it started doing it well. <clears throat> better than anyone else and then it, it added it added its own content it became it just became a, a different kind of company that no one no one has ever seen ever seen before and um many companies have tried to uh, emulate uh netflix's success and and i guess the most um um the brightest example would be disney and i always i always maintain the position that disney would not uh, achieve any any kind of uh um any sort like nothing close to Netflix's success in stream. I've always maintained that position, and 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 I you know I uh, I continue to maintain it, and I think uh, I think that's what we're seeing now because Disney stock is, is has been depressed, and we see that they're just not. It's just um, you know the the way I I explained it a long time ago when people were asking me about Disney and and, and Netflix is that is that Netflix doesn't build theme parks for a reason. <laughs> it's not it's not it's not their core business um they have the the best the, the stickiest uh, platform in the world and 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 we see that the, that the users love it uh, the most and um disney it it may have some some decent content i'm not i'm not a fan of the content um so uh but it's it's not all about the content it's it's about the it's about the platform it's about the um uh, the user experience. It's about um, it's about the technology. It's about the AI, and and if we start talking about AI, then uh, then you know we need to say we need to say that uh, in streaming, uh, Netflix continues to be the leader. It it's uh, and I believe it's gonna it's gonna continue leading, and um, it uh, AI will definitely help uh, help their business as well. And we already see Netflix. Um, uh having amazing success with uh with with advertising because we know that netflix didn't advertise for for a very long time and it did it did very well but to um to increase uh revenues and profits uh, the company is doing extremely well with uh with with advertising that trend should continue and of course uh the ai will will help its uh its platform uh be more uh uh, probably be more user friendly, and um, I'm sure it's going to have uh, uh, more constructive features in in the future. And um, and the content, of course, uh, content uh, Netflix's content is excellent. And probably the most important thing, it's their cash flow. It's their it's it's their um, it's their it's their solid position. Um, you know, as as a company that can continuously make money and have uh, almost no debt. You know, as opposed to the traditional companies, like an, another example would be HBO. That you know, it's is is trying and and trying to become 
um, a reputable uh, streaming platform. And it's just it's just having so much difficulty, and 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 the disaster with AT and T, of course, uh, didn't help. But um, uh, we now see that 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 Netflix uh, works with uh, with HBO a lot and Warner Brothers a lot. So basically, HBO and Warner Brothers they work for Netflix, and you know they they produce content. Uh, you know they say with Netflix, but really they work for Netflix, and um, that just shows you that uh, that Netflix. Uh, is the best company in in the space, the market leader, and it should continue to uh, to outperform. Yeah, they seem to be making a lot of the right decisions when companies are so clearly making such obvious wrong decisions. It's uh, it sometimes feels befuddling. Is there anything that you foresee or could imagine that would come along in that marketplace to throw Netflix off its game? Like, do you see Blockbuster getting back into the arena? Just kidding. that's that's a good question um honestly no i i I don't i i I think uh netflix's biggest threat is 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 maybe netflix um so we what we need what we need to what we need to see is uh is is the continuation of 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 quality content we need to possibly even uh, improve the content uh, because uh, sometimes it's 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 excellent. Sometimes uh, sometimes uh, it can be better. So we need we need to continue seeing excellent content, uh, innovative content. We need to we need to see their their global strategy continue to uh, to capture market share outside the U.S. We certainly need to see uh, uh, the company continue to to grow its uh, its 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 subscribers, of course, and. Uh, um, continue increasing its revenues and improving its profitability uh, I, I think it can be done uh, it's obviously going to be going to be challenging to to sustain uh, the kind of growth we saw you know in prior years so um, we're probably looking at a slightly lower revenue growth for Netflix and in, in the future maybe around 10 or 12 percent annually in the next maybe three to five years but uh, um, with its uh, ad uh, ad program now Netflix uh, should should increase profitability more than expected in in the coming years so that could be uh, a positive catalyst to kind of push the stock higher I, I think the stock it's it's a little overpriced here to be uh, to be honest I think maybe it's 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 gone uh, uh, it's gone maybe a little bit ahead of itself because I was recommending it back uh, around the lows at like uh, when it was around 170. So now it's 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 well over 400. So I'm I'm thinking, if we have a pullback to around the 350, 380 dollar range, that would be uh, an excellent uh, an excellent buying area for uh, for Netflix. I don't I'm I'm not sure we're we're gonna see it after the earnings because the earnings actually could uh could beat estimates and we may see another another bump in the stock. But but maybe in the near term we we could see a bit of a consolidation or a pullback phase in Netflix and then kind of uh maybe look look to re-enter the stock um possibly a little uh a little lower if we get the opportunity but i also think it's fine to to just uh to be long the stock here for the long term if uh you know if if you choose to i'd like to wind down with uh with financial stocks and maybe how they're looking out of earnings and what you're seeing out of the financial sector Financials, I uh, I like the financials here. I think uh, some financials here. I think that uh, 
well we're, we're kind of seeing uh seeing the numbers uh as they come in and 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 they're they're significantly better than uh than expected if we look at who's uh who's reported so far um jp morgan's results were uh were excellent and um also uh citigroup reported and it was a better than expected quarter and also i believe uh wells uh, uh wells fargo also reported and um uh they also beat on the top and and bottom lines so that's uh that's great and that's basically what we're looking for um from other major major financials i mean uh, jp morgan beat to uh, be revenues by more than two by more than two billion so i mean that's uh that's like a five percent beat on revenues that's that's very impressive that's very impressive and they beat by uh by about 40 cents about by about 10 percent on uh on the EPS side, which is uh, which is also phenomenal, and um, Wells Fargo had a beat on top on both top and bottom lines. City beat on top and bottom lines, not by much, but it was still a beat. And um, so, uh, in the coming days, we we will see more uh, more financials reporting, and I think we we should probably see the the trend of better than expected earnings continuing in financials and in other companies and most other companies as well because um in my experience uh, if the financial earnings are good then the rest of earnings season is 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 also typically uh better than expected as financials go uh, usually um the rest of the market follows so um we're going to see what uh, what this earnings uh, season has in store for us but i think it should be uh better than expected and i'm especially looking forward to the to the big tech names we have tesla uh coming up this week and netflix but the you know the all the all the other big tech companies i believe uh, are coming in in the weeks after after this one and we should have uh, we should see apple microsoft google amazon all reporting relatively shortly and um i expect to see uh, big earnings and, and and upside surprises for most of the for most of the uh, of the big tech companies which should be very good for the for the nasdaq and the overall market in general any uh again thank you so much for this victor i hope that this is the first truly uh, of many because I, I think this was such a uh well articulated and well thought out conversation mostly on your part um so i really appreciate you joining us and uh any any words that you would leave with investors or potential subscribers or existing subscribers on how we should all be looking at the markets or anything else you'd like uh, yes. to share uh, yes. Uh, so um, going forward, I guess the most important thing that uh, the most important takeaway, high quality companies and investing for the long term. Um, if if we combine these these two factors, uh, we are almost guaranteed to beat the market and we are uh, almost guaranteed to achieve optimal gains, optimal returns. So again, looking for high quality companies for the long terms, for the long term with uh, with excellent uh, buy-in ranges. So uh, we want to uh, we obviously want to buy, uh, you know, on pullbacks, on on corrections, uh, the best of the best. That will enable us to have um, excellent portfolio returns. So uh, join us at the financial profit, achieve the best returns possible. All right, join the prophecy. Join the prophecy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it, Victor. Hey, it was great. Thanks for uh, 
Thanks for taking the time. And uh, anytime you want to do another one, let me know and we can uh, discuss markets or, or whatever. I had a awesome. pleasure. Thank I'm going to keep you to it. I appreciate it, Victor. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Just a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast should not be considered investment advice. This is for entertainment purposes only, and you should seek advice from a licensed professional before investing. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating or review on your favorite podcasting app, and we'll see you soon with a new episode.